Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner. Loose ball. It's good. Williams goes. Comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. Oh, my goodness. Morrison. Six. Fires. It's time. For Zag's Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know what things to use to wipe? Zach and Jack brought to you by betonline.ag. What's up, guys? Happy St. Mary's Friday. I'm actually recording this late Thursday afternoon, so fingers crossed we take care of Santa Clara at home because I'm not going to come back and record it. Um, We are one day away from the biggest road test remaining on our schedule. Everything here on out, big game-wise, is going to be uh, on a neutral court, hopefully a lot of neutral court games in our future in March. But for now, we are going into enemy territory, and for that, we are speaking with the enemy, Alex Jensen, friend of the program, voice of the Gales. He is awesome as always. I just want to remind you guys, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online, truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today, use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Mr. Jensen. From the corner! All right, St. Mary's week, which means we bring on Alex Jensen. Alex, let's start with something. Let's start with common ground. Let's start with something both the Zags and the Gales have this season, which is a game winner in Provo. Oh. Walk us through your weekend <laughs> up uh, just outside of Salt Lake City. Walk us through Walk us through the last, what, 30 seconds, the final possession. I mean, the game was right there for either team to kind of grab. Honestly, you know, if St. Mary's makes layups in that game, Jack, they probably win by 15. I mean, I think at one point they were 4 of 14 on layups, 7 for 18 later in the game. Like, there were a few just, like, wide open, like, ah, you know. Um, but yeah, the game was right there for either team to, to grab. Uh, I've got my, my little run sheet right here, tied at 55 with 150 to go. Um, a couple turnovers for BYU, a couple missed shots for St. Mary's. And then, um, the Gales had a hard time with Dallin Hall, you know, big physical guard. He, he had some success getting to the rim and, uh, he got himself to the foul line with 10 seconds left and, uh, and, and made one out of two. He missed the first and Randy Bennett calls a timeout. And I, I thought that was kind of twofold, right? One, make a kid think about it. And two, uh, you know, the Gales, uh, at least in most circumstances like that, have 
kind of been big believers in not calling a timeout and not allowing the other team to kind of get set, get their right personnel on the floor. Um, so going over, hey, if if a make or a miss, here's what we're we're gonna do. And uh, boy, gave the ball to Aiden Mahaney, who had did not score in the first half, did not play well in the first 20 minutes. He was three of nine going into that shot. And I, I mean, just the the confidence you have to have in a true freshman to say, go make a play. Uh, you know, they set a little vert screen with Mitchell Saxon, got uh, Mahaney switched on to, to the BYU five. And the rest is history, man. I mean, it, it was my first game in, in Provo was the Delva Dagger when Matthew Delva Dova, you know, the 40 footer. And that was my last game in Provo, at least as a WCC rival. And I can't think of a better way to cap it off. It was it was crazy. You mentioned uh, Aiden Mahaney. Uh, he's averaging 14.7 points this year. He looks like he's 13.7 years old. Is this kid? <laughs> I mean, obviously, look, he's a freshman, so you're going to have games sure. where, where you're kind of, you know, pounding your head against the wall, but then you're going to have games where you're like, is this kid for real? My question to you is, is this kid for real? I think so. I really do. Um, you know, he uh, obviously he grew up in Lafayette and he grew up, uh, you know, going to school with uh, the Bennett boys. So, you know, Randy Bennett's known Aiden Mahaney going back a long time. But he also got hurt. Uh, you know, I think he was the best player on his high school team as a freshman. They won a state championship in Division three in California, uh, which is in these days kind of unheard of for a public school, much less a, a public school in the suburbs to do. Um, much less out of a place like Moraga where Camp Lindo is. Uh, but he got hurt when he was a junior. He had the pandemic, then he got hurt when he was a junior and didn't play a whole lot. So I think that he was a little bit off the national radar. I think if you were to re-rank the freshman right now, he would certainly be a top 100 recruit. Was not that way when he came out of high school. Um, so, you know, the relationship and then uh, a few circumstances kind of fall in that way. Allowed St. Mary's to, to bring him in. And I think Overall, the Gales are getting a higher level of recruit. So I'm not saying that he wouldn't have come if he, you know, he would have been a top 50 uh, guy in ESPN or whatever. But yeah, man, I mean, um, I, I asked David, you know, David Feldman, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Producer yeah, here yeah. in the Bay Area. Yep. I, I really respect his opinion. And after the USF game, I asked David Feldman, you know, I, give me a comp because, uh, you know, Aiden had 21. I think that was like his second or third game with 20 or more. He said Kevin Pangos. And uh, I can see it. I mean, he can really shoot it. He's a one. You know, he's, he's a point guard. Um, you know, I think it, it's 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 interesting. I Because going into the year, I thought at, like an Alex Barcelo type. But it's a, he's a little different than that, um, at least at this point in his career. But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I don't think the numbers are lying. I mean, he's – what impresses me the most about him is his poise. Um, like, a, I mean, you know – struggling and then before that shot and hitting that high difficulty of a shot to win a game on the road in front of 18,000 fans, it kind of tells you all you need to know about the type of competitor that he is. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. Uh, the balls on this kid to take that shot. The, the <laughs> difficulty is a 12 out of 10. And what really impressed me, Alex, you mentioned it, is right, right after he hit it, I don't think he touched rim. His re I was watching his reaction and he barely reacted. Like maybe a fist pump, but he was more... God, he didn't. He didn't look surprised that it went in. You know what I mean? It looked like it all went according to plan, which uh, which is very impressive. Uh, Feldman's an East Bay guy. A lot of people, when you get to our age, Alex, you get the friends moving out of the city. They're having kids. They're getting houses in the East Bay. My friends have been telling me for the last three years or so about this kid coming out of uh, Camp Olindo, Aiden Mahaney. 
And I hear something like that like every two years. So I, and I just kind of roll my eyes. But this is the first time when it's like, wow, this might be true. They might yeah. be telling me the truth. This St. Mary's team is a lot like uh, previous St. Mary's teams in that it seems like you guys can take the court and beat anybody. But on any given night, you're susceptible to losing to just about anybody. Uh, I'd point to not maybe not anybody, but I'd point to that stretch you guys had late November, early December. Um, you lose to what was it, Washington, New Mexico, and Houston. Uh, and Houston, bang, bang, bang. Washington is an average team at best. New Mexico is good. Houston at the time was the number one team in the nation. My question is. Which of those three games would you like back? Which of those games did you think you, you flat out lost? Yeah, I mean, it definitely have to be between Washington and New Mexico. I'll go Washington because if my memory serves correct, I think the Gales had like a five-point lead with a minute left uh, and the ball maybe, and there was an and one in there. Actually, Aid Mahaney was the one that, that committed the and one on Keon Brooks, who's a pretty good player for Washington. And I do think – that Washington is heading the right direction. They're not in the same areas as the Gales um, right now. So that game goes to overtime and, and St. Mary's loses. Um, that's the one. I mean, Colorado State is another one. I mean, if I were to pick any of them, that would be the one because, uh, you know, the Gales, that was another, it was a lot like the BYU game where instead of converting down the stretch, the Gales turned it over and just kind of gave Colorado State a chance to win. But this is a different team now. I mean, unlike last year's team that was, you know, pretty old from, you know, one to seven or eight in their rotation, uh, you know, you have a lot of guys on this team. Outside of the, the Logan Johnson, Alex Dukas, and Kyle Bowen, you've got a freshman, Nate Mahaney. You have a guy, Mitchell Saxon, who's playing in his role as a starter for the first time in his career. Uh, Augustus Marshallonis is a sophomore. He was in and out of the rotation a year ago. You've got Fred, uh, you've got Luke Barrett who's behind Alex Dukas, who was a walk-on at first. And then freshman and Joshua Jefferson and, uh, Chris Howell and, uh, and Harry Wessels. So it's just a different team now, but to, you know, the, the short answer to the question out of those three, it, it'd be Washington a, because of what it looks like on the resume B because I felt like even at the time it was a winnable game. How deep is Bennett's rotation? How many guys are you guys are you playing? How many guys off the bench? Well, they suit up ten, so yeah. it's going to be uh, eight, maybe nine. Okay, most nights. That's always been one of my frustrations that I've mentioned on this podcast often with a few is we always get all this attention for having so much depth on the bench, and he plays around with it in November, December, but by late December, by conference play, essentially, uh, he's got his eight guys, and he doesn't defer too much from there. Uh, Bennett's not afraid to play 10, huh? I, I would say that's rare in a competitive yeah, game to okay. play 10. Uh, earlier in the year when when guys were still trying to figure out who they were, and, and this team was really trying to figure out who they were and how these new pieces are going to fit in the right way, yeah, you'd see 10. Chris Howell, who, you know, he's averaging five minutes a game. He played a huge role in that Houston game. Uh, you know, came in, played some defense. Uh, I think he had four points in that game. That was a game that was right there for the Gales. Now, maybe not right there for the Gales to win, but, you know, St. Mary's was down by a dozen early in the first half and, uh, you know, came back to make that a one-possession game with like three minutes left. And Chris Howell played a big role in that. As the year's gone on, things have shifted a little bit. So that's why I say, right, that it's it's just not – it wasn't as much of a ready-made product this year as it was a year ago, even coming off that disaster of a COVID year. Everybody knew kind of where they fit in. 
And that's where, you know, the Gales right now are different than they were during that three-game losing streak. Okay, I was going to keep this for the end, but you, you kind of segued nicely into it. Fill in the blank. This St. Mary's team is the most blank Gales team you've ever seen. Wow, that's a great question. Um, Pleasantly surprising? Yeah, I would say... I want to say explosive, but you don't really, you know, you don't uh, connote Randy Bennett teams with explosive very much, especially recently, right? And I think the twenty seventeen team would probably be closeouts, yeah, explosive, yeah. Um, you know, I would say right now, complete. Oh, really? Um, I think so. That's I high do. praise. It, just look at the Ken Palm page, yeah. um, and it kind of tells you all you need to know. Again, I go back to that twenty seventeen team when you had Joe Rahan. Uh, Emmett Nar, Jock Landale, and the Gales weren't and Calvin Hermans, and the Gales weren't scheduling the way they are now back then. And that was the Gonzaga team that had Nigel Williams Goss and, um, you know, Shemek Karnowski. Uh, and the Gales just couldn't find their way around it. I thought they were underseeded as a seven seed. So up until this point, that was the most complete team the Gales have had. I, this team compares to that. I mean, you know, their defense is top five, their offense is top 40. Um, you know, they're one of the top 10 rebounding teams in the country. Um, so yeah, I mean, while they're, you know, not as deep as that team might've been while there weren't as many guys in the layup line, while, you know, that rotation may not have run or while this rotation maybe didn't run quite as deep while there wasn't an individual, an individual talent like Jock Landale. I don't know. I, I just, I, that's, that's my best word to sum this team up complete. Complete. Well, it's a great word. Um, all right, we got the basketball bullshit out of the way. Let's talk about the <laughs> let's talk about the game day experience in Moraga. What should I do? Now let me let me last year, let me preface this. Last year, me and a few friends, me and the aforementioned East Bay friends, um, better Zag friends for like twice uh, two days out of the year, you know what I mean? When I can get them tickets via Josh Cox. Um shout out Josh Cox. Shout out Josh Cox. Uh we went to a bar in Lafayette and then Ubered to Moraga. When we got to Moraga, probably 15, 20 minutes before tip-off, the quad area was just dissipating and people were going into uh, the gym from their, from their pregame party. My question to you is, do you think it's a good move to maybe show up a little earlier and participate in the quad parties it is why not I yeah mean, you yeah. got well there there's a there are a few new additions to the to the pavilion area um up there there's a there's a new patio to the i guess that would be the uh it, the intramural field side you know where the intramural field is the turf field up above the gym there's a new uh kind of patio over there they bring in food they bring in beer um and they also have I don't I don't know what they have in store for the Gonzaga game yet, but they'll you know that little grass area just in front of the gym they'll have uh, that normally have like a DJ there some music. Um, there's a new brewery actually in Moraga called Canyon Club. Canyon Club, uh, so uh, which is worth it to check out. Canyon Club will have a presence at the game or just at outside the, game. the game. They they actually have a little Canyon Club stand inside the lobby. Uh, and there is actually there's a new St. Mary's beer called Gale Ale, 
that I believe you can only buy in the gym right now. Uh, but the the can has uh, that Galloping Gale logo that I love. That's on the St. Mary's red uniforms, uh, the old school one. Uh-huh. I've heard it's pretty. I, I've heard it's comparable to like an eight hundred five. But I would check out Canyon Club beforehand, or if you really want, if you really want a a, a deep St. Mary's uh, tie, check out the Roundup in Lafayette. That is, it's cash only, but it's about as divey as it gets, and it is fantastic. Go to the Roundup. You're gonna be proud of me, Alex. The last last year we went to the roundup and it was probably it was probably 70 30 Zag fans. But again, that's probably like just a bunch of Gonzaga families that live in the East Bay that that have the inside scoop. I think I want because it's a bummer to you know get nice and lubricated, get pumped up for the game, and then have to sit in an Uber for 12 minutes and go to campus. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's very sobering. Yeah. Um, they've done. They've. I'm telling you, they've done a really good job investing in that patio. If you're looking at the gym, it's just the left of the gym. Um, and again, I when I walked out there the first time, they had like a, a wood fire pizza truck. They had, uh, you know, beer. There's an official St. Mary's whiskey on tap now. What? Uh, so I would. Ch- I would check that out. Yeah. No, is this for every game or just just the big ticket? Every games? game. Every game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, Alex. What is the ceiling for this team as far as postseason is concerned? Tough to say. I mean, it all depends on matchups, right? But I, I think they can be a second weekend team. Why not? I mean, okay. college basketball. Okay. It- Go ahead. Let Go me ahead. rephrase. Go ahead. Uh, Sweet sixteen is a successful season for the Gales. True or false? No question. Okay. No okay. Question. So second second yeah. weekend is we're good to go. Yeah. I mean, I you know. I was actually talking to Sean Farnham before the BYU game, and he was just talking about kind of the landscape in college basketball right yeah. now and how wide open everything is. I mean, you don't have that group of, you know, five to ten teams that seems kind of impenetrable right now that you've had in the last, you know, I don't know, five, six years. So you get the right matchups, and especially the way this team can guard, this team can dictate tempo. Uh, you know, so many teams want to play up tempo right now. Well, the Gales are more, I mean, as you know, the Gales are more than uh, comfortable in, in getting multiple penetrations, multiple ball screens, getting the right matchup they want, and then attacking on offense. And then defensively, really, they've been what they where they've been really good is taking away an option A, taking away option B, and making you try and beat them with option C, which more often than not is going one on one. So the way that St. Mary's can can dictate the tempo. Um, and, you know, considering most of the, the top teams in college basketball want to play fast, I think that gives them a, a chance really um, to beat anybody, uh, it's especially teams that do that. They're, they're physical enough to play with a team like Virginia, um, you know, who is another slow-paced team, as you know. And, you know, again, I mean, it's, and I think that's what gives them a little bit of an edge in the WCC. The WCC is the number one ranked tempo uh, league in tempo. The WCC as a league plays the fastest in the country, according to Ken Palm. And you look at all those numbers, eight teams are in the top 100. Then you've got LMU at 150 and St. Mary's like 352 or something like that out of 363 qualified teams. So, you know, when it comes to the postseason, St. Mary's ability to control the tempo, their physicality, we'll see if they'll be able to score enough from, uh, you know, guys that aren't Aiden Mahaney or Alex Dukas and how deep and how deep they're going to go. I mean, they're going to have to knock on wood stay healthy and stay out of foul trouble. But 
you know, I, I think that given the right matchups, they can be a second weekend team, elite, you know, sweet 16, elite eight. And that without a doubt would be a, a successful season. Gail's only been to the sweet 16 once, uh, you know, in Baylor the tournament. Baylor. Baylor. Right? Now we're going from our perspective, we prefer to say Villanova. <laughs> um, <laughs> God bless Ken Palm. He always loves the top tier WCC teams year in and year out. Uh, what's your prediction score wise for the battle Saturday night? Well, I think if St. Mary's wins on Thursday, I think they'll be favored. Um, they should be going they should in. Be, they, I think, in my opinion, they in Moraga, yeah. in Moraga, I think they 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 would they would be favored. Um, last year was sixty-seven fifty-seven. Now I know Gonzaga's had some issues defensively. Um, so I will say St. Mary's sixty-five. Gonzaga. 61. I think it's going to be close, man. I mean, this, that's what makes this rivalry so great. And in, in all honesty, the Gales have to beat Gonzaga with a little bit more regularity. Uh, and they have the past couple of years, you know, the 2019 championship game last year in Moraga, uh, that adds some fuel to the fire. And I think St. Mary's, again, is getting a higher caliber of player in uh, that's going to help maybe shrink the gap a little bit. Uh, but, you know, in terms of this rivalry, this game in Moraga, and, and for it to remain uh, a rivalry with, with real intensity, these are the types of games that St. Mary's has to win. Yeah. Um, because I, it, for a while there, it got a little one-sided. Uh, you know, after the Dell years, Gonzaga really controlled this thing. And, uh, you know, the, again, for to, to maintain this rivalry uh, and to really have the inside track on the WCC regular season championship, Gales have to win on Saturday. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. The last six or seven years, uh, you know, the, the St. Mary's games has always been big for Zag fans. That's a, it, it really is a test in an otherwise not-so-testy WCC season. Um, and if we dropped one in Moraga, it was like kind of an oh-shucks thing. We're still going to get our 30 wins. Sure. It's a different story this year. It's a big game for you guys, sure. A ranked team coming into Moraga. Don't under, underestimate how big of a game it is for the Zags. No question. This, this is our last for sheet seating wise in a couple of months, a couple of months and six weeks or so. This is our last chance at a road ranked win. And it's a so, big game for yeah, yeah. It's a big game for both teams because and if you want to go the resume route, I mean you you can poke holes in the Gales resume. I mean despite the the, the metrics, you know two quad three losses, one quad one win right now, and you know Santa Clara is not helping much at all with their loss to Pacific. Vanderbilt hasn't helped very much. You know, Oral Roberts, I think, is St. Mary's second best win in terms of the net. Um, it, so, Rob, yeah, for both teams. Rob Zachary always talks about this. Does it piss you off when a WCC team like Santa Clara will give you a hell of a run and you barely beat them and then they go lose to San Diego or something? Yes. Like, there's, there's absolutely something to that, right? There's there's the 100%. hangover effect after you play St. Mary's or Gonzaga. A hundred percent. And, you know, I mean, people from outside the WCC will say, oh, Mark Few or Randy Bennett, they've run through a mid-major league. That's great. It's really hard, man. It is really, really hard to do that night in and night out when you've got a target on your back, especially, you know, like as big as the target that Gonzaga's has been on their back. I mean, you know, over the last few years, for example, when the Gales go to Malibu or to uh, LA, I mean, you fall asleep in those gyms. Like yeah. there's just, and I know LMU actually had a really good crowd for the game against Pepperdine. So they might be building some momentum down there, but the Gales don't bring out the the vitriol from other schools with the exception of BYU or Santa Clara. 
like Gonzaga does. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll see a little bit more of that going forward if uh, St. Mary's can can kind of continue what they've been doing the last couple of years. I mean, they were a five seed last year, which I never thought I'd see the day, right? <laughs> St. Mary's be a five seed. Um, and they're trending in a similar direction right now, knock on wood. Uh, but it's really, really hard to do it night in, night out, year after year, like Gonzaga's done. I mean, that streak and uh, before they lost to LMU is just – I don't think we'll ever see that again, uh, going what, 10 years without losing to the bottom, you know, uh, two-thirds of the league. It's yeah. crazy. Well, we almost didn't see it. We had to go seven game minutes without scoring. So may, hopefully we never see that again out of a Zag team. Um, We're used you, also, to that. you didn't You didn't help the vibe – in the Firestone Fieldhouse by beating them by 40. I watched that game. I watched like seven <laughs> possessions of that game and had to turn it off. That's, you know, that's one of those matchups too where Pepperdine's got some talent, but you go up against a, a team like like this group of Gales, you know, led by guys like Logan Johnson and and uh, and Kyle Bowen. And I, you know, I watched Pepperdine play, Jack. I don't know how you felt, uh, but I just like they, they just, I mean, they're young, sure, but plenty of talent. I just, they just didn't really seem all that connected to me, at least in that game. You know, and, I I remember being in college, Alex, and watching those. I'll let you go. I know I promised the last question was like 10 minutes ago, but now we're rolling. I remember, you're okay. No, I'm, I remember, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I remember watching those Washington teams and being like, God damn, Romar is a hell of a coach. He gets those guys up. And now you see him down in Malibu. And you, you see him at the end of the bench and like Ken Bones on that staff too. And they – they just can't get up for anything. It's it's a sad state of affairs. And that campus, like we I think we've talked about this before. They're the building Southern, a new gym too. The Southern California WCC teams have no excuse. They have gorgeous campuses, unbelievable little corner of the country. And they just have, have fallen off. Definitely in the last decade for sure. Well, the hardest thing is sustaining it, right? I mean, you know, Lorenzo had a rolling down there when Colby Ross and Kessler Edward. I mean, that was a really good Pepperdine team in that COVID year. Um, but yeah, just something's missing so far this year. I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it again. I just, you know, seeing them in person, they just don't, there's a lot of blown defensive assignments, um, you know, so I, there's, there's no reason that they can't do that again. I mean, there's a lot of talent on that team. You know, Maxwell Lewis, there were like 30 scouts, uh, at Firestone Fieldhouse to watch that game, I was told. Uh, Houston Millette can really score. Mikey Mitchell uh, has a ton of talent. And we're not even talking about Javon Porter. I mean, there's there's no reason talent-wise that they can't do a similar thing to the Colby Ross teams. But, yeah, something's just missing there. and It's just hard to sustain it, man. I mean, look at LMU a year ago. They had one of their best players in program history in his fifth year. And they come in ninth. And, and all of a sudden, season, uh, you know, they – a little bit we'll, we'll see how they finish out the year and we'll see how they they come back again next year but that's been the hardest part is, is sustaining it and you know i think usf and, and santa clara are maybe offering a little bit of hope but again it's just like there's no margin for error you have one bad night against pacific at home if you're santa clara and your season's ruined and they're not going to get back to a quad one game on the road you know i mean they're not going to get back to the top 75 after losing that game so that's where it's really really tough is sustaining it and doing it night in and night out Alex Jensen, voice of the Gales, sixty-five, sixty-one is his prediction for Saturday night. I don't, I don't think. What do you think? What's off. your prediction? I think I, I would be shocked if the Zags get into the seventies. We've been struggling offensively uh, all season long. Your house is not an easy house to get buckets in. So yeah, I mean, if we win, we're gonna have to 
grind it out defensively. So I think right in the 60s, all let's say 66, 64, just a classic. What's your take on on what you've seen so far with the Zags in league play? I've been really frustrated, to be honest with you. I actually, I mean, anyone who's listening to this knows my frustration, so I guess I can be honest with you. We, our backcourt has been beyond frustrating. Our backcourt has no excuse to be playing how they're playing. They're playing like they're inexperienced and they've never been on the court in these big moments before. They have. They've just never been the guys. Right. And they're they're struggling to step into that role. Now I understand if that's gonna happen early on in the season, that excuse is out the window now. Um so yes, Nolan Hickman, I have a little bit more patience for, and I think he shows signs of, of being excellent. Hopefully that he can build on that. I've been really down on Julian Strother all year. Um, very down. I think <laughs> Being a dead horse here. Maybe he listened to this podcast before the Portland game. You know what? I hope he did. And if he did, I hope he listened to the last one because I said, cool, do it against a team that's not ranked 335th defensively in the nation. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, hopefully, look, if he goes down there, I said if 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 Julian gets five threes, he had he was eight of twelve from deep at Portland. If he gets five threes against you guys, I will pierce an ear and I will let Rob decide which ear I pierce. I think that's totally fair. What what do you think he would choose? Uh, I don't know. Left or right? Doesn't sexual orientation have to do with one of them? It did yeah, that we was a kids. rumor. It did when we were I, kids. I, feel like I don't that know. That was which... a rumor when yeah. I was in like fifth grade. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. That and the Marilyn Manson rumor with the ribs. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Before that the matchup, internet, <laughs> that matchup, by the way, could go a long way to deciding this game. Is Alex Dukas and Julian Strother? I mean, and and I guess the other one could be Logan Johnson and, and Nolan Hickman. Yeah, I would love it. I mean, yeah. I would love it. Can't wait to see it. I will be up uh, in general admission looking down on you with, uh, God, you guys did so good with that bar up there at St. Mary's. There's more coming. There's more. Wait, what? There's more coming. I don't know how you can do better. That whole, if you haven't been, right. they have like this whole baseline bar now. Um, what is it? Uh, up above the visitors baseline, right? Uh, let's see. The Hall of Fame lounge. That's the one I'm talking about with the windows. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, there there are some plans in the works for that. There's also Jack and and Gonzaga fans listening everywhere uh, a brand new patio going in in the back of what is now University Credit Union Pavilion. The 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 lower level is a brand new men's basketball suite with a locker room, lounge, all that stuff, coaches' offices. Upstairs. AD office, a few other offices, and then more concessions and a VIP lounge up there as well. So you're going to have kind of dual on both sides. Kind next of year? Next year. It's actually almost ready. Okay. Uh, it won't be ready until the season's over. Perfect um, time. They were ready to break ground. Yeah, I know. Well, they were ready to break ground right before the pandemic. Um, and, uh, you know, a few other things happened. But uh, I know the team will be into that wing right after the season's done because they still have to put the branding in and everything like that. But um, yeah, I don't know about the the upstairs, but check it out. I mean, just walk around the back. It's you know the building's there. It's just attached to the back of uh, of University Credit Union Pavilion now. It's 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 going to be sweet. Uh, it's a, it's it is a Randy Bennett called it an A at least from his perspective in terms of how it's going to help him recruit. Omar Sanham, Omar Samhan going to be there on Saturday. I hope so. Is yeah. it a St. Mary's Gonzaga game without yeah. Omar Samhan? Nope, it's not. 
it's not. What, Go can ahead. we get Omar? Can we get Omar and Rob there at the same time? Wait, we've Maybe tried to get him on the. We've tried to get Omar on the podcast. <laughs> and I would pay I, money to see that pod, man. So they actually, I don't know if you know this. They they squared off in Japan, and uh, and it did not go over well. Like there, there's still there was still bad blood there, which is hilarious. I mean, whatever. I mean, that's that, a- <laughs> that's what this rivalry was born yeah, on, man. It yeah. was was the like the vitriol between those two teams, and uh, I don't think there's quite the same like bad blood between the players, at least that I've seen. I don't know well, about you. At least the last few years, I mean, I see Drew Timmy kind of chatting up with Dias Toss and like stuff like that, you know, but. That's what the, that's what really made this this rivalry great. No, yeah, I think when we were in college, when you weren't sure who was going to win any given game, that that was super fun. Um, and I think the players of our era still hold on to that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No question. All right, I have to shut it down because I have to move my laundry. That's a big task. <laughs> I got a workout class in forty five minutes, <laughs> and if I don't boy. move it now, I'm going to be soggy. Uh, right, Alex Jensen, let's get a beer on Saturday. Let's do it. From the corner! And it's over! Gonzaga! The slipper still fits! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.